I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast covering the latest and greatest in reality television. I'm Justin Jordan. And I'm Deja. On today's episode of Decoding Reality, we will be discussing The Golden Bachelor, episode one. And remember, you can find episodes of this very podcast at decodingreality.com. TV and please email us your questions, your comments, your concerns at decodingtv at gmail.com. And please don't be afraid to find us on TikTok too, because that's where all the good stuff gets posted at tiktok.com slash at decoding reality. We are back. We are back from the dead. We have risen up from our earthly slumber to cover the Golden Bachelor. Last time you saw us, we were covering the not-so-Golden Bachelor. And David Chen graciously asked us to cover The Golden Bachelor. We are forever grateful because on today's episode, we are going to cover the entire episode. Spoilers. We're going to start by our initial thoughts about Jerry and The Golden Bachelor. We're going to go through the entire episode, and then we'll wrap up with predictions for this next episode and the rest of the season. So, Deja, let's get into it. Here's the thing. I am I'm slightly more cynical than you because I don't know. I I've been burned by Bachelor spin-off franchises before because I don't know if anybody remembers Listen to Your Heart. I loved Listen to Your Heart. That was so fun. That was so amazing. One of my con- favorite contestants of the entire franchise. What's her name? Rudy? Oh my gosh, she was dreamy. She could sing. It was a whole thing. Singing, you had to pick your partner, and they you were judged on whether or not you looked like you loved your partner while singing these songs. And the concept was a little out there, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And the winner got to do a tour around the world. Not around the world, but around America. They got a record contract and a tour. That never happened. You want to know why? COVID happened. <laughs> you know, COVID immediately happened right after that. And so we never got like the, the tour of the winners. But anyway, 
that being said, I, 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 I'm a little worried about why they chose this because it feels as though we had a run of black bachelorettes and like cool, interesting ideas only for like, let's get back to basics with Zach Shellcross and nobody really digging him. And the producers are like scratching their head being like, Hmm, let's get more back to basics and (laughs) do our target demographic, which is old people right now. And you know, I, I like Jerry. I think he's nice. I think he's sincere, but I have my guard up, especially with this like franchise right now. What do you think, Deja? No, I I will say, even though I believe in how earnest this feels and how cute it feels, I don't think they're going to do more than like one to three seasons maximum of this. But this might be the first and last time they ever do The Golden Bachelor. It's cute, but it feels like a gimmick already. You know? Okay, they're just like, it's what we've got, but old. Yeah, think about it this way, though. The presence of a Golden Bachelor necessitates the presence of a Golden Bachelorette. And I already have mine picked out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Fair enough. I, yeah. You know, only one season of the Golden Bachelor, but that, that could also include one season of the Golden Bachelorette. It just feels feels necessary. But I'm curious who you'll have picked out so far. All right. If you want to hear... Who we picked as our golden bachelorette. Stay till the end of the episode because that's where we get into our predictions. But let's get into the meat of this episode where for I don't know if you've been watching previous seasons of the Bachelor franchise. We go into Jerry's backstory again. If you didn't know, he had a wonderful wife. They were high school sweethearts. They loved each other through thick and through thin, through rich and poor, but not sickness and health. Here's what happened. Jerry's wife unfortunately passed away. Got um, I think it was some kind of um, infection in her body. It happened very suddenly, and she was in the only in the hospital for like a week and passed away. And it's very sad. And, and since then, Jerry has not been able to date or find love because he's only loved one person in his life, and that was his beloved wife, Tony. Which is why he's on the Golden Bachelor. He's ready to find love, ready to start again, and so like that. I do think, I think of all of all things, at least Jerry is coming at this. I think in a positive way. I remember the season finale of last season of the Bachelor franchise. Um, I think Jesse asked him, "Like, are you ready to find that love of your life again?" He's like, "I'm not looking for the love of my life because I already found the love of my life." And that can never be replaced. He's looking for something he can spend the rest of his life with. And I think that's a really good outlook, you know? Jerry seemed like a really cool guy. I couldn't tell if his wife was a person of color or not. I was like, is she? I, I, I mean, I don't know. But Jerry seems to be down to have some a good time. And it seems like a genuine person. Do you like Jerry, Deja? Because I do. I'm the Jerry fan. No, I like Jerry. He he came off pretty well. And I feel like one of the things that I realized through that whole intro and you're watching and the like sad music is playing and Jerry's delivery of the story, like it's somebody telling a very sad, you know, arc of their life. But his delivery was great. Good job. (laughs) Great speaker. Um, Because I just felt so like devastated to hear it even though i knew how it was going to end but i also realized 
one big question from the bachelor bachelorette franchise is always are they ready for marriage is this person actually ready for marriage and realizing that that's not really a question in this at all they just kind of immediately dusted away an entire segment of like discourse just by like they're not ready now they'll never be so like here we are exactly i mean i don't know if he gets needs to get married again i know i know there's a stereotype among older people that like they get married quick and they know what they want really quickly and i think that kind of fits here as well he seems to have his life together at this point. He's 70 years old. And I mean, I, I think it's, it's the most genuine this franchise has been in a very long time. And a lot of times like people are like, Oh, this person's in it for the Instagram followers, whatever. These people don't have Instagram. A lot of them don't. A lot of them, when they do, they don't have that many followers. You know, it's very like old people use the social media. They're uh, no offense. They're just old, but um, I like it. You know, I like the thing. And so Jerry gets out of the limo. He's wearing a very simple like suit tux thing, whatever you want to call it. He looks great. He's tall. Jesse says, are you ready? And we immediately, there's no, there's no fluff. There's no BS. We immediately start off. And the, the length of this episode of the Golden Bachelor is only one hour and it blew past. I think it's the purest version of the show. I don't think we need all the mess for two hours. It was we like really the easy listening version of the Bachelor franchise. Exactly. It was, it was like for your commute. Exactly. I I have no complaints because not only is this going to make this (laughs) recording, this series a lot easier, but it was a breeze to get through. And the very first woman who gets out of the limo happens to be my favorite contestant this season. Wow. Really, Edith, who steps out in the most beautiful golden dress. Very, very nice. Like, I'm I'm not going to be real with you. I'm going to be real with you. She still got it. She still got it. it. You heard it here first, folks. The Decoding Reality Podcast would like you to know Edith still got it. Listen, Edith, if if this message finds you in the interwebs, if you want to hop on the pod, just let us know. We'll teach you how to record. It'd be great. But Edith, Edith was fine. Edith was very fine. And what I noticed about the contestants is that a lot of them... Some of them do act their age, and some of them don't. If that makes any sense. Like the the passage passage of time has affected these people differently. But that being said, Deja, did you have any favorite contestants or favorite limo entrances this time around? Edith was like such a great way to start. I feel like also just she came out in this like shimmering golden dress. It just felt like, oh, we're on the Golden Bachelor and like I'm interested. Um, I was watching with my partner and we were immediately like, oh, this show's gonna have like tea. Like, this is gonna be good. We're just gonna keep watching. It's gonna be great. Um, so immediately that was a plus. Um, Sandra. Sandra. You have a fan over here. Here's the thing. I feel weird about Sandra. I feel weird. I, I, Tell me okay. your thoughts about Sandra. Okay. I, I it obviously bleeped what she was trying to say. And like, I'm, I'm cause if you don't know, for those listening, Sandra meets the golden bachelor and says, 
let's just get all of our feelings out. And she says, I don't know if we can curse David, so bleep me if I can't. She says, fuck, for like a good 15 to 20 seconds. Just like, uh, they're like, what's happening? Like, I, I didn't get it. And I, I'm going to say something controversial. Because I think this proves my theory. I don't think a lot of women have game. <laughs> I don't think a lot of women know how to flirt. Or hey, like a lot straight of women. Like, okay, straight yes, women. Yes, 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 yes. You're <laughs> at right. le- at least, at least, leave some people. people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I think as a man, as a cis man, it's almost as if we are like trained our entire lives to uh, present ourselves like or not present ourselves or like um, think of ways to talk to women to get them to like us, you know? And so it comes easier to cis men to court or pursue women because our culture wants us to pursue women. But when women are the pursuers, (laughs) I don't think women are, I said this in the last pod, women aren't used to pursuing romantic relationships. I think unfortunately we keep, unfortunately we just keep coming to the conclusion that like, Straight women, maybe like try flirting a little bit more, like test the waters, <laughs> just like <laughs> put your effort out there. Um, but I think exactly. Sandra was one of them that I think it's a running theme throughout, but she was definitely a good example of it. I don't think they want to be like, hey, like maybe you should be with me. I think they want to be like, this is who I am and this is my life now. Do you want in or not? For quite a few of the women. I think that in general, if you're talking to a 70-year-old woman, I think at some point there's going to be something about like, this is how I live my life and that's it. (laughs) There have been years of coming to a decision, coming to order. And if you've got your life together, um, I just feel like they're going in and they're kind of like less willing to change themselves than maybe some other ones would be. And she was one who, I mean, she was like, I'm a woman who speaks my mind. That's what she wanted to make clear from the first moment, including if that was just a really long F-bomb. But I just think she's also fun because like, girl, what were you doing? That was crazy. As soon as she did that, I immediately (laughs) wanted to know everyone's star signs because, wow. It was giving like... Maybe Capricorn women level crazy. Wild stuff. Capricorn women are crazy? What? what? Yeah, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife is a Capricorn. <laughs> well, no, listen. <laughs> okay, so that's why. Uh, because Sagittarius like, men are crazy. So it makes sense. I am not crazy. I'm I'm normal. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> side note. All of our star chart, every time we look up our zodiac signs, they're... They're very incompatible, Capricorns aside, <laughs> which is very funny to me. But anyway, <laughs> we defy the odds and decode reality. Um, yes. Another notable person I want to mention, Faith. I believe she was the person who came in on a motorcycle. I think she got a lot of airtime. And like I feel as though, I mean... I, <laughs> There's a certain edit that they give you when you stay for a long time. I think Sandra got the edit. I got Faith got the edit. Um, Edith a little bit. I think Edith might win. 
based on the edit that she's got, but I've been wrong more than once. Um, I loved Faith. Did, were there any other people that stood out to you, Deja, um, when it comes to the contestants? There were two more that stood out. One was Teresa. I don't know if you remember her, but it was her 70th birthday. She got a pretty good amount of screen time, but it started with her birthday suit, if you remember that entrance. So for any listeners who didn't watch, she comes on and she's got like a little lacy kind of robe situation going on. And she's just like, so I thought I'd come in my birthday suit. And she just starts to like slowly unwrap it. And you can see as Jerry's face is like, this can't be happening, right? No. No, this, no. But what is happening? (laughs) In the audience as well, as they're playing some like, music (laughs) to her opening to a nude colored dress. Um, just, you know, you didn't need to do that. Um, I mean, okay, okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. I think it would have worked if she had a little bit more game. (laughs) It's a good, like, it's a good line in your head. You know what I'm saying? It's like a good line. Let me show you my birthdays. It required a little bit more than what she was willing to give, you know, and more dynamic, I guess, approach to it. But, I mean, if we want to talk about Teresa now, who ends up getting the first impression rose, I think she did have a smooth moment later in the episode where it was her birthday. He eats the cupcake. And she's like, let me get that for you. And goes in for the smooch. That's smooth. That is, that's a very good move. Good job, Teresa. You get a couple points from me. But at the same time, I look at a lot of these women. And it seems as though, I'm going to say this now. This may be the horniest season of the Bachelor franchise I have ever seen. These women have no... Uh, no reservations about what they want, how they want it, when they want it. And I love that for them, but I was a little caught off guard. <laughs> what do you think, Deja? Because they're ready to go. This is the first time that I've watched the first episode of anything in the Bachelor franchise and thought, oh my God, fantasy suites are going to be insane. But fantasy suite week is going to be insane. I... I think Claus will be out. I think Jerry will be losing his mind. I'm not sure if we will make it to the end of the show based only on that week. I feel like uh, as we were watching at the end, I don't know if you kept watching to see the clips of what's to come in the season. Mm. But whenever I saw Jerry being like, I don't know if I can do this. The, this is the second like most painful to losing my wife. Yeah, okay. Um, that's a lot. I think you guys are going to be insane. Fantasy suite. I mean, let's be real. Like, <laughs> all right. Never, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It, it. I think it's I think it's really weird that we've had entire seasons make or break on the fantasy suites because certain people judge way too harshly whether or not what they, what they do in the fantasy suites. And so it is kind of a breath, a breath of fresh air for these women to want sex, being and are able to talk about it. But it's so weird to me that, like in any other season, it would be like 
ta- super taboo. I remember like, I think it was, I think charity season. One guy was ta- talked about the fantasy suites week one, which is weird. Very weird. But I don't think it's a crime to talk about aspects of the show while you're in the show. It's one of my biggest gripes with this franchise when people like uh, get mad at people thinking how this show will affect their lives. You know, like, will I be able to get a job? What, what jobs can I get from the show, even if it doesn't work out? Because it is statistically more likely to become The Bachelor than it is to end up with the lead. And so you have to think about that things. This franchise constantly vilifies that. And I think The Golden Bachelor is another attempt to uh, erase the real world from this franchise, which further puts this franchise behind so many other things. Because you have these group of people who don't care about social media, which is nice, or like, ooh, I guess who can't, who can't, it's like pigeonholing this series where it is right now. It has no room to grow. You know what I'm saying, Deja? Absolutely. I think one of the moments was even when um, when Jesse brought out the first impression rose, and some of the women there didn't know what the first impression rose was. And it's not to say that that never happens on the other like seasons in the franchise, because I mean, Dalton and Charity just ended up together. He didn't know that the show ended in engagement until like a few weeks from the finale, not Mm -hmm. the sharpest tool in the shed in that regard, but it's not to say it's unheard of, but to have so many women being so open that they like had to have a conversation about what the rose is and what it means. And they're just finding it out. It, on one hand, is kind of refreshing. Like, they're going into this so open and we keep saying earnest, but it is very earnest. But on the other hand, it's like, how are you here and you don't fully know what experience <laughs> you're about to go into? Like, what made you get to this point without getting all of the information? Did someone tell you and you forgot? Lots of questions. Who knows? knows? The one contestant, last contestant that I do want to talk about when it comes to entrances and everything is Matt James's mom, Patty. (laughs) Who makes an appearance here? Like, I'm number one, I'm confused because, like, man, you saw what this show, this franchise did to your son. And I think daughter in law, I don't know if they got engaged, but, and Patty came back for more. I mean, Patty, you look great. You know, you looked very like, uh, what was it? Like, uh, she, I described her dress as like, um, I just killed my husband robe <laughs> dress, you know, like very, like very divine. But Patty, I'm glad you're here. Did you notice Patty? Because she kind of came and went, you know? She said it so quickly, I almost like thought I didn't hear it correctly. Like I went back and I was like, was that, "Did she say she was, what? Who's whose mom is that?" Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was interesting. And one other one that stuck out to me was uh, Ellen. Uh, if you remember, Ellen Ooh, came Ellen. onto the show, and her best friend Roberta is battling cancer, and the two of them are bachelor watching buddies together. And so Ellen has encouraged her, you should go on the show, like, do it for us, get us both, you know, kind of to that point. 
I was silent throughout that entire thing because I don't know how to respond to I'm here in part for my friend who has cancer and it's like a bonus that you're cute. How on earth is Jerry supposed to like go into that relationship like there isn't the stakes of a very ill person's hope for their friend to marry you? Yeah, and unfortunately, if you at the very end of this episode, um, it says in loving memory of Roberta. So very, very difficult <laughs> to watch. And um, nothing but love and light with all that stuff to Ellen and Roberta and their families. Um, that was a, it was a little tough to watch because I think it's kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to this season of how much time do these people have with The Bachelor left? I think that's the... Th- that's what it's about, but it's not what it's really about. Especially, especially when Jerry's previous wife passed away. Death, in a weird way, is a part of this season. As much as the fantasy suites, it feels like, like life. And so, I think Ellen's Ellen and Roberta were a quiet reminder of that. Which is, and I hope, I hope we get to meet Roberta on this show. I, they they had the whole package and stuff like that, but. If if there's a way, to, I mean, if Ellen makes it all the way to hometowns and we meet Roberta, that would be wonder. That would be wonderful to see. That would be like, amazing. Actually, wonderful. Yeah, like <laughs> actually know, joyful. Actually joyful. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 pretty cool. I mean, it's like it's not like people are like. I know if you, some people are like, I've been waiting to go on Survivor for the longest time, but like The Bachelor. It's a hope for like a life together and a love together, which is like very earnest, and you can feel that in this season. But speaking of this season, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we are back on Decoding Reality. We are covering... The Golden Bachelor's first episode, we just spent the first half hour of this episode talking about all the lovely women. So let's get into the cocktail party and what actually happened at the, in this episode. Um, I thought it was interesting for me that <laughs> even though we have a completely different age demographic for this group of women, 
The Bachelor's gonna Bachelor. <laughs> and I feel a few claws came out, especially with a couple of women who weren't, I guess, the nicest of women. You know, as always, the other women get to watch other women come in and do their little spiel and stuff like that. And for Jerry, right in front of Jerry, and there was this one girl with like who did a little chicken dance or whatever. And a lot of women weren't happy with it or had a lot of, I guess, mean things to say about it. And specifically, I'm talking about Kathy, who I think might be the villain of the season. You know, <laughs> like, did did you have her pegged at the villain too, Deja? If you want to talk about an early villain edit, Kathy, I mean, even the way that they, like, used... Uh, videos of her where she's kind of like leaning forward, like she's plotting on everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not ideal. It just felt like Kathy was already looking at everyone as competition. And a lot of the women were kind of forgetting that it was competition a little bit. They were all like, wow, to be around this many beautiful women who are comfortable in their skin at our age. And they were more Mm -hmm. just excited to be around people their age who are also very active and interested and excited about life. Kathy at no point was feeling the sisterhood. She was about the game from the second she got in there. And I mean, it's classic bachelor. Like I, we, I think that we all know that the enemies are going to be Kathy versus April. Are they maybe on the same side? I don't know. Because they, they came in with an energy that I was just not a fan of. They were not here to make friends. <laughs> and I thought it was I, I, classic Bachelor. And I, I'm, on one hand, I like it, but then I don't because I, th- I was really enjoying the earnest parts of this season. You know, I was really enjoying them, like, coming together and being nice to each other. But no, April and Kathy, they had did not have any time for it i don't think they'll last long i think they're just like the middle of the road contestants to get a lot of screen time and then be out before hometowns you know yeah i feel like a lot of times i think a lot of times they need a villain early on in the show before they've gotten us attached to enough of the characters so that at least we have a common enemy until we find someone to root for but yeah, April's definitely up there with Kathy. She did not have room for other months of the year, let alone friends in this place. Um, giving Jerry the calendar that all said April on every month with a picture of her for every month. Once again, Weird. girl, what? <laughs> like, on one hand, I respect it. <laughs> I get some game. <laughs> I love it and I, and I hate it. And I... <laughs> I, I just wish I, I, but that's, I guess that's kind of the charm of it. You know, I, I, well, but what else was I expecting? We've, we've been through this rodeo so many yep. times, <laughs> like, come on. Um, but I will say that, uh, I will say that a couple of people had very good moments. I think Sandra came back when, from her entrance and, like, actually had a very cute and very, like, sincere moment with Jerry. Guess who got the first impression, Rose? Faith, the motorcycle girl, 
who I believe had a guitar and was playing something before we met up with her. But she most she definitely did fr- play guitar to him. Yeah. And I will say the curse of the first impression rose. I think it will still stand this season. Even if everyone's old, if you don't know, the the first impression rose is the one rose you do not want to get. It's almost a kiss of death because bachelors statistically do not end up picking their first impression rose like recipient. And it sucks because I had faith in my like top four, top two, but I guess not. Like, do you think that the curse will still stand this season, Deja? I think that there are enough other women who have a solid chance of making it really far that Faith not making it wouldn't shock me. But I do think she has a good chance for the next Golden Bachelorette, for the first Golden Bachelorette. Uh, her whole thing about like, you know, I, I don't like to live like I'm young. It's interesting because like you said, some of these women act their age and some don't. But among the women who don't act their age, who act and, you know, operate a bit like younger seeming, um, there are some who are obsessed with pointing out that they are not acting their age and who will say at every scene, I'm not your average grandma. I'm not just going to shrivel up and be old. They're coming in old lady costumes just so they could throw them off. It's almost like it's not enough to feel young. You have to make sure everyone knows you do not feel your age. Um, whereas some of the other ones just happen to be their age. and be, you know, exciting people. Um, So I think that her intentionally drawing focus to that is kind of golden bachelorette like bait. I don't know if women are allowed to be old on TV without acknowledging that they're old in some way. Um, Jerry can be there and not like bring up like uh, age in the same way, not say like, it is a shock that I'm spry or something because of my age. He can just say jokes like I've never been up this late in like the past 20 years and that's enough. So I think, mm-hmm. I think faith might just be the next bachelorette. I wouldn't put it past you, but let's get on to the, who got sent home this week. And I thought a lot of people, a lot of surprises, but we cut a lot of people week one. So Renee, the former Chicago Bear cheerleader who did the cheerleading act went home, gone. I th- uh, Sylvia went home, barely remembered her. But the but Matt James's mom Patty sat home night one. I thought at least the producers would save her. Like that, I would be a little embarrassed if my if my son or daughter was a bachelor. You're gonna send me night home night one, really? And I'm out of focus. There we go. <laughs> like, very poor performance. Pamela Listen. also got sent home. Maria got sent home. And uh, I believe someone named Anna got sent home. Very brutal. But I'm I'm actually surprised by Matt James's mom. Do you think, did you think that she was going to stay, like, longer? You know, when the producers were like, listen, Jimmy Kimmel, we'll put your aunt on the show, but we don't know how much you're going to be on the screen. When they just hit us with, here's Aunt Chippy. Mm-hmm. She's going to sit there. She's going to make some comments. She fell asleep during the rose ceremony. No, we were not going to wake her up. 
And here we are. Um, once I saw that, I was like, well, no wonder we didn't see Matt James' mom go much farther. People were not wow. pulling the right strings. They they just weren't doing it. Um, but, you know, maybe there's a there's a golden bachelor in paradise around the corner. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe we'll see these people again. Here's the thing, though. Like, I, I was not shocked that Jimmy Kimmel's aunt got sent home because oh, of I course, that was like a joke. I thought that was. Like, I was shocked they didn't try to joke. insert her in more. Exactly, like it. It was a bit. Um, yeah, but the reason why I'm so like, I mean, I'm not surprised because the Bachelor doesn't protect his contestants, and sure as hell, I'm not going to protect the family members of contestants. <laughs> you know, um, but I'm I'm genuinely shocked about Matt James because. I, I thought she looked great for one thing, like, but no screen time, no nothing. Either Jerry really didn't like her or the producers really didn't like her. Just not to be saved for the pure television aspect of it, night one. But, geez. But the rest of these women, I'm so sorry, but they didn't stick out in my mind. <laughs> they didn't do anything crazy or anything. Even Jerry himself was like, Oh man, I I've been dreading this night for the longest time, but see you later. <laughs> like no mercy. And hopefully as far as seeing these women in Bachelor in Paradise, I don't think they I don't think so. I, I, I really think if don't. they really if the Bachelor franchise is ready to take it to the next level, they need to just mix in contestants from the Golden Bachelor with contestants from other parts of the franchise and put them all on Bachelor in Paradise. They, I, I want that to happen. I, I want it to have ages that. 25 to 75. Here's the, here's the problem. Villains notoriously, either you redeemed on Bachelor in Paradise or you, or you do terribly. I, I remember, what was his name? Queen Victoria. From Matt James' season, who was like, uh, who is so obviously kept on by producers every week because Matt James was not feeling her, but she made great television. She was the villain um, and couldn't stand, stay one week in Bachelor in Paradise because at the end, it's not that The Bachelor has to like you, it's people on the beach have to like you. And sometimes you get a friendship rose. Well, like, Hey, I'm not really that into you, but we both want to stay on the show for a couple more weeks. Here's a rose. You can't really pull that with bachelor. Like you, you have to be a good person on bachelor in paradise, or at least have a, a person like you. And not that people wouldn't like these women, you know, I, I hesitate if like the men are already really mean on this franchise, especially in Bachelor in Paradise, because they are, are quote unquote hot commodities compared to like the rest of the world. Uh, and the, I think they get a little bit in their heads, a little bit ego driven, and they don't pursue women on the sand. But that's a whole nother podcast. I don't think those men would pursue these women, unfortunately. I would. I think if it's Edith. I was going to say, I think Edith, uh, Maria, let's get her out there. Like, we we can make this happen. We can figure it out. I'm always team more chaos on TV. So throughout this season of the podcast, I'm just going to be cooking up some chaos. 
Okay, speaking of cooking up some <laughs> chaos, let's talk about predictions for next week and the rest of the season. Deja, I'm going to ask you, who are your top two, maybe four? Do you have any, like, these people are going to win it? Or, like, who's your final four? Yeah. Um, I think part of why Edith came off so great was because she was simply edited to look great. They added literal sparkles to her at some point. Um, so she's definitely getting a really strong edit. Um, I'm going to say Sandra partially just cause I love her, but also just cause she really did make it work in there. Um, definitely not faith. Unfortunately. Yeah. I think she'll make it quite far. I just don't think she'll make it into the top four, but I'll say Teresa is a hopeful, hopeful. I think that's all the ones I can give. I think I'm still waiting to form opinions on everyone else. Okay. Edith, number one with a bullet mm-hmm. for me. Because she was first person out the limo, number one. Number two, she was already in gold. <laughs> number three, um, they like to do this thing where they like to hide the the winner a little bit. It's never the person in the most drama or with the most Mm -hmm. screen time. They get a huge chunk of screen time very quickly, and then you don't see them for the rest of the episode. So I think Edith, if she's not the winner, she may be the golden bachelorette, but that's a whole nother pod. Edith, number one. Number two, I'm going to throw in Faith. Mm -hmm. Like... The edit was too strong. I don't think she'll win, but she's definitely going far. 1,000%. Number three, I'm going to say, I'm going to put Sandra in there. Final three, she'll make great television. Uh, I don't know about hometowns, but we'll see. I think think Jerry would date a black person. 100%. And four... Oh, I'm going to throw Leslie on there, who had the little dance party. Leslie, we didn't talk about That's her a good one. Pod, but she had a lot of screen time. She started the dance party. They had a lot to talk about. So Leslie, Sandra, Edith, and... Who else did I say? Faith. Uh, and Faith. Those are my final four. Um, and we will be here next week. To cover the Golden Bachelor. In Justin, the meantime, please. What? What happened? I have one question for you. Um, oh, wait. For, yes. us to, <laughs> for us to think about throughout the season, I think maybe our answers will change. Do you think them being later in life makes this show have higher or lower stakes than the regular Bachelor? Oh, I'm going to say much lower stakes. <laughs> lower stakes yeah. Here, here's why because if it's at the beginning of your life you have you. the goal is to find someone that you are going to spend your entire life with he already found that and that being said number two older people get hitched way quicker you know what you want much quicker and you are like very easily discerning about what you want, who you want, how you want it, and when you want it, especially when you're older. And number three, I think Jerry doesn't want, like I like he said in that one interview, I don't think he wants like a another love of his life. 
I think mm-hmm. Jerry, like a lot of men, wants someone, especially on the show, who will make their life easier. <laughs> you know, like who who's not going to give him a hard time, who's not going to challenge. And that's there's nothing wrong with that, especially at this age, because you kind of want a smooth ride to the end. Um, so the stakes are a lot lower. So even if you go on the show and it doesn't work out, I think. I think Jerry's just going to keep cruising. No skin off his bones at all. You know, <laughs> like, and especially with the women, if it doesn't work out with Jerry, they've been, they've been cruising. A lot of them cruising single for a long time already. They will be fine. So I think the stakes are much, much lower, especially because it's not a lot of time left, but um. <laughs> no, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but what I was wondering is if, because so many of the women said things like, I haven't felt this way in years. Mm. I can't remember the last time that I kissed a man. Like, because they were saying all of those things, I'm wondering if we might be partially proven wrong just because of the different emotional stakes here that we have not really seen on reality TV to have that much of a blueprint for what it looks like when older people, some who've had a chance on sort of a quote-unquote great love of their life before and some who haven't. But uh, I'm just curious to see if our answers will change at all during the season. You th- do you think it's lower, too? I do think it's lower. Yeah, I agree with you, all the reasons that you said. Like, it's more about um, who wants to get into this right now than <laughs> who wants to get into this now for the rest of our lives to potentially have children together to so on and so forth. When they're more just trying to hang out and like spend their retirement fund. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which I think, which is the four women that I picked specifically that was in mm-hmm. the back of my mind, which, which of these women are going to make his life much easier, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that's the end of this episode, yeah. right, Deja? Sure is. Yeah, I think that's it. So, please, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please, please, pretty please, with a sugar on top, email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And please, follow us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. And as a reminder, you can find more episodes of this very podcast at decodingreality.tv. Deja, wait, we didn't name this episode. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot the title of the. Oh my gosh, we totally forgot. Okay, Deja, what would you name this episode? Because the. Like fine like wine. Name their stuff. Like fine wine? Ooh, okay. I was going to mm-hmm. say golden hour. Or Ooh. This will be. An everlasting love? What do you think? Which one's better? This will be a... Oh, man. It's going to do a pun on everlasting, but it might be too morbid. <laughs> Lord. Maybe that's for David to decide the final way in. You know what? Yes, David, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think, listener. But yeah. uh, we are out. Deja, where can people send their complaints? They can send their complaints to Deja Talks TV on all platforms. So that's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky as well. Um, and Justin, where can the people send their praise? <laughs> you can send that wherever toys are sold at Freddy's Roommate on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. Not Twitter anymore, but I guess X. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, Elon. I just couldn't contain myself. But (laughs) see you guys next week. Goodbye. Adios. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.